Seahawks over, Dolphins over, Ravens under, Titans team total in the first half over. Just a sampling of some of the betting picks that were generated by the computer model that we released last week. In all, totals went four and one. Totals right now are sitting at 12 and five on the year. That's 71%. All betting recommendations are 26 and 12. That's 68%. We went 15 and eight on player props last week. Guys, I'm telling you, this is a season you want to get in on this betting package. You want to do it now. You'll get 25% off anything at the website. We just dropped the prices. Prices are reduced and take 25% off of them. Use the code GET25. Go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Use the code GET25 right now. Might as well get the all-access package so you can unlock all of Rich Rebar's worksheets for every single game, predicting outcomes, forecasts for players, Great stats and nuggets that you're going to need to know. Advanced data that you're not going to find anywhere else. But I guarantee you, you're going to hear it regurgitated elsewhere because so many people access this and then use the information for their own. Get the worksheet. Comes out Tuesday and Wednesday. You'll hear it elsewhere later in the week on podcasts and other media appearances, I assure you. Find it from the source, the originators, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Get 25 is the code, 25% off everything do it right now. Welcome to the Sharp Waiver Wire and Injury Show for Sharp Football Analysis. I am your host, Todd Burrows. Joining me to sum up week five and to help you to prepare for week six are Curtis Hirsch, who is our waiver expert, and Tucker Bagley, who handles injuries. Gentlemen, welcome again. Tucker, what was your biggest takeaway from week five? I think my biggest takeaway through five weeks is just how wide open the NFC is. You know, we, we thought kind of the old guard would stick around. Tom Brady came back. Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. And, you know, the Rams obviously coming off a of Super Bowl. It felt like there were a lot of, you know, juggernauts in in the NFC. And now you kind of look at it, and I think every team has quite a few flaws. The Eagles haven't looked as sharp the last couple of weeks. The Cowboys keep winning these low-scoring games behind their elite defense. Tampa Bay and Green Bay can't seem to get out of their way. And as you kind of project forward towards the playoffs, the AFC seems to have, you know, a a big list of haves and have-nots. And in the NFC, I mean, you could make a case right now for any of, you know, the top six or seven teams to really be the the best team. I I just don't know if anyone in that conference right now has played their best football. Curtis? Yeah, I – going to hit on what Tom Brady said and there's a lot of bad football being played out there right now and we can see that in fantasy scoring the lower scoring in the games has led to lower fantasy scoring Uh, for example in the FFPC main event a third of the teams make the playoffs and if you go through the entire standings that right now is at about an average of 140 points per week and I don't remember a time seeing that mark make the playoffs never mind before bye weeks yet where scoring typically goes down so just the league and the defenses are ahead of the offenses right now yeah and that reminds me about quarterback and my big takeaway everyone you talk to on twitter including beat writers people in the know they keep talking about how the giants can't afford to invest in daniel jones well Daniel Jones has only thrown two interceptions this year. Uh, I haven't seen him fumble much either. I didn't see that number when I was looking up his other stats. He's completing 67% of his passes. 
Um, and, you know, he pulled off this huge upset against Green Bay in London with the worst wide receiver crew any of us has ever seen. Now, I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is this great quarterback, but if I told you that Daniel Jones could be Kirk Cousins with legs, what would you say, Curtis? I would say the Giants' philosophy is not having a Kirk Cousins in their roster going forward. I think they view, similar to the Josh Allen, they want a top five or ten quarterback, and mediocrity at the quarterback isn't going to happen going forward. So I believe he is middle-of-the-road quarterback. I don't know if that organization will spend the money on a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Yeah, I'm not saying that they will. And uh, most of the signs that we've been able to glean say that they won't. But one of the other things that we found is just how hard it is to come up with that Josh Allen, especially now that the Giants are 4-1. and one. And, you know, if things continue the way they are, they're not going to be picking top 10. And if you're not picking top 10, your chances of getting that quarterback are very small. So... I think the Giants, uh, the, the, the dark cloud around the, the, the beautiful start of the Giants is if you really do want to move away from Daniel Jones, you're, you're not helping your cause by winning, but you can't, you know, your job is to win games. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a, a pretty interesting thing. Um, let's move on to the meat of the show. Tucker. A lot of injuries at quarterbacks, a few quarterbacks still out. Take us through the injuries at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz popped up on the injury report this week. Uh, They're playing Thursday against Chicago. I'm sure you guys are both excited about that Thursday night matchup. Um, But right now, I would be shocked if he didn't play. Usually teams tend to play very conservatively on, on Thursday night football, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. So I think Carson Wentz, for better or worse, is going to be on the field. And in Miami, this may not just be for, for quarterback, for, but for the other guys. Tua Tagovailoa doesn't seem to be trending quick enough to, to be back. Mike McDaniel said he isn't in a place where they're ready to even think about him coming back. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater remains in, in concussion protocol, which means it could be Skylar Thompson again for, for the Dolphins in week six, which if you're someone who has Tyree Kill or has Jalen Waddle, that, that could be an issue. I mean, these are two guys who – were drafted highly, were a part of a, a high-flying offense with Tugavailoa under center, and now dropping down to a, a third-string quarterback, I, I worry about their ability to get the ball and move the ball down the field uh, with Skylar Thompson under center. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's also talk about um, one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen, a guy who has regressed tremendously. Baker Mayfield is also on the injury report. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to be out this week. He might be out next week, too. And I don't know if things could get much worse in Carolina. So you you could just chalk this up to addition by subtraction. Now with him out, Matt Corral's already out for the year. Sam Darnold is still weeks away with his own high ankle sprain. That leaves P.J. Walker's the only healthy quarterback left in Carolina. If you had asked me six weeks ago, I would have said he would have been cut. But after this litany of injuries they've had, he's going to be starting. And you look at his career, he's... 2-0 as a starter in Carolina. He was 5-0 and as a starter in the XFL. He's completed over 70% of his passes in his two starts. And 
His last start may have been the high watermark of the Matt Rule era in Carolina where he went to Arizona and won that game. I know they brought in Cam Newton and he played in those uh, red zone packages, but maybe it's a little temple bias on my part. I'm rooting hard for PJ Walker, but that's going to be a tough matchup against uh, Los Angeles this week. Yeah. And one other thing that we're running into, I should have mentioned it before we even got into it. This is the first week where we actually have to worry about buys. And all we've heard from everyone all off season, I mean, all season so far is how thin the waiver wire seems to be compared to years past, uh, even at the onesie positions like quarterback Curtis. Who are you looking at for pickups this week? Um, and is there, you know, is there anyone even worth looking at? And of if you have to pick up one of these third string guys, which is the guy that you would pick up? I uh, look looking at Justin Fields. Just gonna hold my nose if I'm looking for a quarterback and pick him based on the fact the Commanders are good against the run and top as their top five against success rate against the run. And the defense is a little bit weaker in the air. So Fields can add with his legs. And this is a game where they might have to pass a little more just because they might not be able to establish the run like they have been. But if you pick him up, just don't watch the game. Take your family out for a nice night and put him in and just blind it. And which of the third string quarterbacks, if you have to, are you going to sub? Bailey Zapp. Kid looked pretty solid out there, kind of what Matt or Mac Jones should be, and I, I think he looked solid, and I don't mind that as that matchup for him this week. Uh, that was the name that I was going to throw out if you threw out a different one. P.J. Walker, I mean, he does have legs uh, similar to uh, Justin Fields, and it'll be interesting to see if he drops the ball off to Christian McCaffrey more than what we've seen from Baker Mayfield, who is the friend of third string tight ends everywhere. Um, Let's move to the running back position. Uh, We've got some injuries uh, to to talk about. Uh, The one that breaks my heart, my most owned best ball running back, Rashad Penny out for the year. Damian Harris has a hamstring. James Conner has a rib. Uh, What can you tell us, Tucker? Yeah, well, as someone who invested heavily in Kenny Walker during draft season, I feel a little different than you on the Rashad Penny injury. I mean, Rashad Penny's been hurt every year of his career. I don't, I, I feel bad for the guy, but I mean, he he's made a glass. This this kind of felt inevitable, and now he'll be done for the year. Kenny Walker the third, he he played his highest snaps uh, on Sunday. He had 11 carries for 88 yards. He he seems to pretty much be the guy in that backfield. Moving forward, although the Seahawks did designate Travis Homer to come back from the IR this week, so he could see an increase in snaps as well as they try to get Walker um, you know, more acclimated to the NFL game. As for Damian Harris, I think he's going to be out at least a couple of weeks. The NFL Network reported this morning he, he's going to be out multiple weeks. So it, it'll be Ramondre Stevenson time. He, he had an unbelievable game to get 160 yards on Sunday. And then James Conner, who played well in the first half against the Eagles and then sat out the second half. I think he's going to have the the shortest recovery time of anybody. I I wouldn't be surprised if if he's back as soon as their next game, but that's something to to certainly keep an eye on moving forward. And what about James Conner? Oh yeah. James, James Conner. I think he'll be back next week. 
it, it was a, a rib injury. They made it sound like it was strictly precautionary how they held him off in the, in the second half. He, he was, you know, a credible runner. He really kickstarted that offense and the second quarter against the Eagles. So if he's out, it'll be kind of, Eno Benjamin was the only healthy running back they had left because Daryl Williams got hurt too. So they, they probably would, would be smart to try and get him back on the field as quickly as possible. All right, Curtis, this is the big one. What are we doing at the running back position this week? Yeah, we wouldn't be doing our listeners any justice if we didn't mention DJ Dallas uh, in the deeper leagues. But in home leagues, we have to mention Kenneth Walker. Uh, he's not available in any leagues I play in, but if he is available, I think you have to shoot all your fab at him minus a couple of bucks for some minimum pickups later on just in case. So this is probably a once-in-the-year uh, type pickup for a guy that's going to could be an every down back on an offense that is moving the ball quite well. So if Kenneth Walker is available in your home league, go get him. Do whatever you have to do. Go get him. DJ Dallas in the deeper leagues. He's got some pass catching ability. Uh, the one drawback is Geno Smith has only targeted running backs at a 12% share this year. So that's my one hesitation with him, but the Seahawks are likely to be trailing in the next few weeks. So until Travis Homer is back, Dallas has some pass catching upside. And then I guess we, we should mention Tevin Coleman. I know a lot of people are higher on him than I am in the 49ers backfield. And that's just the Kyle Shanahan weirdness of running back opportunity over there. So he's an older back, 29 years old, and I I just don't know how he's going to get enough opportunity to make a a large bid payoff there. Yeah, so what you do, um, pretty much every site, I mean, if you're in a league where there is Kenneth Walker, then I don't mind giving this extra little piece of advice. Every website has how much money is out there for each of the teams in the league. If, you know, go and, you know, spend every penny you have on Kenneth Walker up to, you know, if you've got the most money, you know, you can afford to leave that last little bit of money. Make sure you put in a bid $1 above what the, the, the next highest guy is. So that's how you handle it. Um, Curtis is absolutely right. It is, um, it is the biggest opportunity you're likely to see this year. And he's not going to be in any of my leagues. And because I had a lot of penny, I didn't have a lot of Walker. So you could see where my year is trending, unfortunately. Uh, let's move to the wide receiver position, Tucker. Uh, what are we looking at with injuries there? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. The, Team that I think is banged up the most, take away the New York Giants, who's wide receiver group right now. It's just a black hole. I would say the Buffalo Bills are the second most injured group. They really only have three healthy wide receivers. And then they went out and threw for 420 yards on Sunday. And Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs each had over 100 yards and combined for three touchdowns. So if you're still high on the, the Bills offense, there's no reason not to be. And you kind of read between the lines. I mean, Jamison Crowder is out. Um, for at least the next three weeks, he's on the IR with a broken leg. Isaiah McKenzie's still in concussion protocol for the second straight week. So that leaves K- Ch- uh, Khalil Shakir, the, their third wide receiver, their slot guy. I, I think he's kind of in line to get a lot of targets in that offense moving forward. Um, elsewhere, there, there really isn't much. Keenan Allen still hasn't practiced since 
hurting his hamstring in week one, which I think is really limiting the the Chargers' ability to move the ball down the field. And even T. Higgins. T. Higgins is someone who's really been questionable about every week this year with a variety of injuries. And then he finally went down with an ankle injury on Sunday night, only played a couple of snaps. That's something that I think could keep him out um, for, for a little while, just considering how banged up he's been so far this year. Yeah, I I, uh, I like Shakir a lot. I put in a couple bids for him last week, um, but I had other guys prioritized higher, so I didn't get him. Um, uh, you know, some Sunday bids, because I, I do think he's a talented kid with a little bit of juice. Did I mention him last week on the show? I think I might have. You can uh, take credit for it, even if you didn't. Yeah, who's going to go back and look? Um, all right, Curtis, who are we looking to pick up at the wide receiver position and how much are we willing to spend on them? Yeah, again, we'll bring up Khalil Shakir. Uh, you should have got him last week on Sunday morning because the price just went up and I'm not sure the role is going to be what it was last week. So I definitely had to slot him in the lineup a few times last week, which worked out quite well. Guy, I'm look, the under the radar guy I'm kind of looking at is Randall Cobb. He had 13 targets in London and now plays the New York Jets, who have the two cornerbacks on the outside that have been absolute shutdown guys. And a lot of the targets have been forced to the middle of the field to tight ends and the slot receivers. So Randall Cobb, at whatever age he's at, there is going to get another full workload of targets in this week, I believe. And then another guy that has some value, whether or whether or not Tyreek Hill plays is Trent Sherfield. He played 15 snaps with Tyreek Hill, where Cedric Wilson only played one snap. So don't follow the money in Miami as Cedric Wilson and Chase Edmonds have hit the bench in four players that are paid a lot less than them. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all pretty good and interesting. Uh, let's move to tight end. Is there any injuries you're looking at, Tucker? Not really. I mean, tight end, as we've mentioned, probably every week this week, it's just an absolute parent wasteland as far as production goes. I know Logan Thomas was dealing with an injury early, early last week, but he ended up playing having a season high interceptions, although he had five catches for 19 yards. But yeah, right now it's weird. Tight end feels like the healthiest it's been all year, and I'm still struggling to scratch together a couple guys who I think can be productive this week. It's been fascinating this year, a position where you have guys like Travis Kelsey who had four touchdowns last night, looked unbelievable. But unless you have someone like him or, or Dallas Goddard or Mark Andrews, I mean, there's nothing right now coming from that mid-level of the, the tight end position. What about Kyle Pitts? Do, you, do we think we'll see him back this week? I I doubt it. He, he didn't even practice once last week. He, he was out from the beginning. But – if he came back, would you even notice? I mean, the guy's had under 20 or under twenty yards in every game this season. He has one touchdown in his career that came as a rookie. It's weird. It feels like the, the Falcons invested heavily in both him and Drake London, and neither one necessarily has had a, a big role in the offense so far. Curtis, it's a barren wasteland, but who are you looking through to f- try and fill spots if you need the tight end this week yeah in, interesting position and an interesting discussion as the tight end that led this uh the weekend scoring didn't catch a pass so if Taysom hill is available in your leagues go go get him what what do you got to lose 
whereas he could spike a couple touchdowns and every time he is on the field he is producing a lot of good plays and that he can't be stopped right now other than that i guess hunter henry got an increased role with jonu smith missing some time but not not a great offense full of a lot of passing but he's a guy that's out there but yet yet again draft draft one of the top two tight ends next year is kind of a strategy that might work out work out well all right um who are you looking at as far as streamers this week at defense and kicker yeah the the kicker position is we might have to have a separate show just for kicker injuries that tucker can i I refuse to go into kicker injuries i just keep skipping right over it so many kickers can be injured but here, here we are. So I guess if Matt Crater comes back or Harrison Butker, I'm looking at them. And I guess Jason Myers as well might be a good kicker to stream, but it, it's really not all that appealing for streaming kickers this week. And for defenses, I don't hate the Carolina Panthers. You got Matt Stafford, who has taken sacks 21 times, turned over the ball, and that offensive line just can't protect them. So the Panthers maybe under a little bit of new coaching power can get to him this week. All right. Um, so let's move to a new segment that we're doing this week, which is we've got all these guys who've been sitting on waivers. I mean, sitting on our benches up until this point, we haven't felt comfortable putting them in lineups. Now we have buys. Curtis, give me the name of the guy that you would start this week who's been on your bench up until now. Yeah, I don't know what kind of benches you've been running this year. I'm basically playing anyone that's able to play in the game or has a pulse because everyone else has a question or questionable or out next to their name. But... Uh, if I'm going to pick any guy, let's go with Jalen Warren in Pittsburgh. He seems to have picked up some third down usage, and they're going to be trailing and passing a lot in this game. Maybe he can snag four or five receptions and get to eight points. I, I don't know. It's a tough one for me because basically everyone I'm rostering is, if they're playing, I have to throw them in. Tucker? Yeah, as, as someone who has some quarterback buy issues this week, Geno Smith is still available in my league, and I'm someone who kind of viewed him as a guy that, that this was all a fluke. It, it wasn't real, but with both my quarterbacks out this week, I, I think I'm just desperate enough to, to pick him up and put him in the starting lineup. I mean, that offense has rolled every single week. He, he has a, a high floor as far as production goes. So in a year where quarterback value really isn't there, especially down the board, I just it, it's hard to ignore what he's done so far. All right, for me, um, it's Michael Gallup, a guy who was uh, injured and came back, and Cooper Rush was the quarterback. So I hadn't started him in one or two leagues. Um, He will be starting this week. All right, so it is our time to finish up with the must-add, must-drop of the week. Curtis, you go first this week. You know what, I was originally going to go with DJ Dallas, but I've changed my mind, and I'm going to go with Randall Cobb. I think he's in for a good game this week. And then the must-drop is Antonio Gibson because, A, the commanders, their offense hasn't been going well, and he had three carries last week. Ron Rivera's made up his mind that he's no longer a big part of that offense moving forward. Tucker? 
Yeah, I would add Alec Pierce, the the rookie in Indianapolis. He was shut out in week one. He's gotten at least eight targets in in each of the last three games. He's someone who I I think moving forward is just going to keep increasing his role in that offense. And as far as drops, I, I would go with Kenny Gainwell. He's the you know number two in Philadelphia, but a lot of people thought he, he'd be their top receiving back. Well, through four weeks he, or through five games, he has four catches for, for 21 yards. And he's pretty much touchdown dependent. If he gets anything going offensively, he played only 16 snaps against Arizona. He's pretty much unplayable and unrosterable at this point. I was going to say Khalil Shakir, but, uh, with DJ Dallas opening up, I think DJ Dallas will be the guy. Um, you know, Kenny Walker could get hurt, and then it would be DJ Dallas uh, and Travis Homer. DJ Dallas has shown he can do pretty well. And my must-drop is Chase Edmonds for uh, shorter leagues. Obviously, in an FFPC, you're not going to give up on him yet. But only one carry last week. It looks like Raheem Mostert's job and um, those early Chase Edmond shares are looking terrible. Among many of my, this is the worst year that I can remember for being wrong about situations, but that's gonna do it for this week's show. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next week.